Today's episode is brought to you by the She Leads Podcast Network, the first network for women by women. Visit SheLeadsPodcast.com to learn more today. Welcome to the Creative Visionaries Podcast. My name is Tori Barker, a digital marketing specialist, business owner, mom, and you guessed it, a creative visionary. This podcast is about inspiring business owners, building connections, sharing success stories, and motivating others. Join me on this journey as we tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary. Hey there, podcasters. Are you looking to take your show to the next level? Let me introduce you to PodTask, the innovative platform that simplifies the podcasting process and equips you with the tools you need to succeed. With PodTask, you can say goodbye to the headache of managing multiple tasks and deadlines. This app provides a comprehensive systemization and task management platform that helps you streamline the podcasting process. And it doesn't just stop there. PodTask also offers AI-based marketing tools to give your podcast a competitive edge. As a fellow podcaster, I know from experience how important it is to have a reliable and efficient tool like PodTask to keep you on track. It helped me save so much time in post-production, which allows me to focus on what really matters, creating great content for my listeners. So if you want to take your podcast to the next level, be sure to check out PodTask. As a special offer to my listeners, you can sign up today and get started with their free forever plan by visiting creativevisionariespodcast.com forward slash podtask. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us again on the Creative Visionaries podcast. Today, I am super excited to introduce our guest, Jean Hardy. Jean has a fantastic business name, I have to say. She's the founder and CEO of Creative Business Inc. I wonder why I would like that, right? Jean, welcome on the show. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you. Thanks, Tori. It's great to be here. Well, I can tell you a little bit about Creative Business Inc. We work with about 150 clients a year. I have a team of 20 and we focus on creative industry companies. So that is a whole group of professional services firms, designers. Uh, we do architecture firms, design firms, industrial design, you name it, marketing agencies, all the way to independent artists, galleries, and then we have our makers group, which are sort of makers with e-commerce or direct-to-consumer and retail. And we kind of put those all together in our, our retail division. So people that make things and sell them or buy things and sell them. <laughs> and what is it that Creative Business Inc. does to support those creative companies? So we are a advisory back office and advisory firm. So we do like a full suite back office services it's where our core business, where I started, which is accounting, bookkeeping and payroll. And over the years, we've expanded to offer 
more advisory services. So now we're really in the trenches with the founders and we are helping them grow their business and make important pivots. So we work across the full scope of their business. So we do HR and recruiting. We do advisory in operations, in sales and marketing, along with the core business, which is the financial advisory. So we help them build a plan, build the financials, and then manage all of the financial operations. I think that is a definite need that a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, small business, large business, like no matter what the vertical or the starting point or where they are in their journey, I think it's something that you always at least come back to, right? Like you, you hit the ground running and you start running your business and you start making sales and doing all this stuff. But then at some point you have to kind of pause and look at the financial situation or the back office or the operations, because once you get to a plateau, it's it's those pieces that will help you move forward into the next phase of your business or growth phase. So Absolutely. what you're doing is integral to business growth. I can yeah, There's a expect. lot of learning. It is. It's like I, my background is in art. So I have this like artist mindset and I, I feel like artists and entrepreneurs sort of sit, they share the same courage, they build something from nothing. It's yeah. an idea. And fundamentally, that is a entirely iterative process and they are relying on intuition and grit and just blind faith to make it successful. So you're right. In the beginning, it's really about really giving confidence to that courage and getting them through that first leg of growth. But then, you know, the saying that the first, what you did to get to a million is not going to get you to 5 million is, is really true. That's when you really have to reassess your business, reassess the leadership in your business. And we like to call it, we, you interrogate your assumptions. So you think your pricing, you based your pricing on this matrix. Does it still hold water? Your marketing, this is your marketing strategy. Like, is that still working for you? And even looking at the team and seeing like, who are your leaders and are they the right leaders and are people doing the job that they're supposed to do? A lot of new founders, it's very, the people piece is very complex and it's one of the biggest challenges. I think even, even as you grow, making sure that the right people are in the right seats. Again, sometimes when you start a business and you have this great team around you and they're doing terrific work. It's hard to move them up to the next level, right? Because you're like, who's going to do that? So who's going to do their work? They do it the best. But what that does in the long term is it kind of, you kind of miss out on really fully utilizing a talent or an emerging leader because they're kind of stuck in this administrative role or in some role that you just haven't like hired someone to replace them for. So they're hard. Those are like hard moments. But when turnover is abundant these days, I'm really encouraging leaders to constantly evaluate what their team is doing and checking in and making sure that they're utilizing their talent in the most efficient way. And they're giving people that, that way to move up, like promote, promote. Yeah, um, It's hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's, I hear this a lot in my circle of entrepreneurs that I connect with. We talk about putting people in the right seats, right? Because we're all familiar with the book Traction and Traction talks exactly about this and making sure that you have people in the right seats to do the right thing. So they're in their zone of genius so that they can produce based on the talents that they have. And so I think having that recollection or at least acknowledgement to know that's what you need to do in a business is the first step for a leader, right? So a leader needs to identify that there is a potential problem and know the path in which to solve it. I find that's a common thread. And I'm curious, going back to how you started in your business, did you get to this point by experience, right? So you found that you needed to grow in a certain way. And so you implemented tools and resources and you're leveraging that to help your clients that you're working with. Absolutely. Yeah. And like all of these things that we talk about, it's like putting people in the right seats. It's hard. So entrepreneurs are trying to do the hard thing and All of these, one of the things that I've tried to do with my practice is take these bigger concepts and try to make right size them for a 20 person company or 30 person company or 10 person company where the founder really wants to try to implement these practices. And it's tough, but but it can be done. When I started creative business, I was running a, I had a bookkeeping company that had people out in the field. So they would run around New York City, go to all the offices and do the bookkeeping and come back. And so it was very like on premise. I, when in 2005, I was pregnant with twins and I took a look at my business and I said, okay, I have nine months to figure out how I'm going to do this. And the running around the city thing is not really going to work for me for very long. (laughs) Even now, even while I was pregnant. Yeah. So so it just started thinking like, what could this business be? And what's available to me right now to make this business successful and make, most of all, help my clients come with me to the future. How do I build that bridge for them? At the moment, online banking had kind of become the norm. And, but there was a lot of people that were very nervous about doing it. And what I wanted to do was create a fully remote bookkeeping service. And this is 2005. It was a little bit, I was a little bit ahead of my time there. So it took some convincing and, but really the need to do that kind of the idea came to me because I was trying to figure out how to solve for this major change in my life. Yeah. Further along after, after the kids were born and I was working with my team internally, one of the things, and this is what I tell my, my team, it's important to me that there is flexibility built into the days, every day of the week, really. And no job should be nose to the grindstone that somebody has to miss a school event. I was running to school, like, I feel like three times a week to see a performance or talk to a teacher or sit in the playground or, and and it was really important to me that I had that flexibility built into my company. So I actually always was a little overstaffed because of that. So I didn't make as much money during those early years, but it was okay because by having extra people on the team, I was able to be more free to come and go as, as I needed to for my kids when they were little. 
Yeah. And that just speaks to running your business based on core values, right? You identified what your core values are, what's important to you while still running a business, but at the same time, family and your home life still have to have a huge priority, especially for us us moms, right? Like there's something different about the mom role, right? You just have this instinct that you just need to be there right and not that dads don't but i'm just saying for us it's more like heartstrings are pulling or something you feel like you're missing out because <laughs> i have two small kids too so i can totally relate that's part of the reason why i started my business was to have that flexibility and to not feel like i clocked in at eight clocked out at five and could never take my kids to school or pick them up or go to performances or go to sports but i am driving my own ship if you will and making the rules as i go along for what's important to me and how I'm going to utilize my time. So I really focus on core values and it sounds like that's the same thing that you do as well. And and you're really ahead of your time, like you said, because you started this in 2005 and here we are post-pandemic and this is more of a common thing that people can work remotely and schedules are more flexible and people talk about the four day work week. And so I think it's interesting to see how we've evolved over time and how something so dynamic and impactful as the pandemic has really shifted the focus of people. As a podcaster, you know that creating great content is only half the battle. That's where Remarker comes in. Remarker is a podcast branding, production, and marketing solution. Whether you're a seasoned podcaster or just starting out, Remarker will help you grow your show and build your authority. So why wait? Head to creativevisionariespodcast.com slash Remarker, that's R-E-M-A-R-K-R, where you can book a demo and discover how Remarker's full-service approach can benefit you and your podcast. So I'm curious, what's your thoughts in this new pandemic, post-pandemic wave and the way that company culture has changed versus how you've already kind of shifted your business that way? Well, it's interesting because, I mean, I think it's a really fascinating time. Business owners are facing an unprecedented amount of challenges. I mean, from post-COVID, pivoting during COVID and restructuring and then climate impacting businesses. It's pretty, that's going to be super significant. But yeah, the the great resignation, this recent banking crisis, it's kind of when you're running a business, you're like, you've got to be aware of all of these things and how they might impact your business. So sort of staying in the flow of information is really important. One of the, the things that I really try to help my clients with is to understand how these these employment practices could actually work for them. We just did a, in our newsletter, the sum of it, we wrote an article about the four day work week, this big study that just came out, the results came out in a study that was done in Europe and it was a huge success. So taking that back to a small business, we're getting, we get a lot of pressure from our employees to be flexible, more flexible, more paid time off. And it's, it makes employers very nervous because they feel like, I really feel like I need to do this. How, how is it going to work for the business though? Like what's going to, how can I make it work? And so we tried to think of some creative ideas of how it could possibly apply across the board and how you can actually utilize the intention of a four day work week. And maybe it means that you're not going to schedule people more than 32 hours 
Maybe you really need people five days a week. Maybe you're a store and you need, or this is a, a customer facing person. Maybe there's ways that you can like cycle departments four days. So it, it's really about, we, we can all get there. It's just a way, it's just how creative can you be? And I feel like that really, that's when you bring your team together and your management team and, and you try to get some really good ideas on the table. I think it's here to stay. There's so many changes in how we think about, I mean, when I remember some of my first jobs and even myself being, being a boss, turning on the job and making all the mistakes you could possibly make. It's, it's really amazing where we are right now, I think. And I think especially for women, this is a time to shine and really, really think about what you want in your career and really go find the company that can actually meet you where you're at. I think that I'm super optimistic about what's ahead. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think I want to touch on the female leadership for sure, but I have one question I want to to go back to before we get there and really find out from you the back end of the operations side of things. Have you seen a common trend or a framework that you utilize with your clients as it relates to operations and growing the business in certain plans or structures that you put in place for these companies? What's the common thread in the operations side of things? So one of the common things that we see outside of maybe underutilizing existing talent, there are, there's issues around not actually continuously evolving with your customers. So again, business is a iterative process and you need to really think about the owners really need to think about what are my, who are my customers going to be three years from now? What are they going to be doing? How are they going to be buying my product? Where are they going to see me? Like when you think about how much technology impacts everybody's lives and how quickly technology is changing how we do things, that's not going to slow down. So as an owner, you really have to look at your business as a, a process that's in play that there may be parts of your business that will not be needed in three years. And I know that sounds really scary, but actually you should be, it's actually a really creative. And again, you kind of go back to your core, the core reason why you started your business and really think about what your customers need now. What do your clients need? What will they really, what will they be struggling with that you can, you can be there and help build that bridge for? You've got to start putting those plans in place now. For us, so we have a lot of data. We deal with a lot of data. And one of the things that we've done is we've really leaned into automating some of the data capture and analysis. And I just know that a lot of the back office work is going to be fully integrated and fully automated. And I've seen that trend coming for the last few years. So the goal for my company is to continue to build the best team of business advisors, coaches, and I'm talking about my controllers and my CFOs and my my. The people who are on the ground day to day, like I want them to think like CFOs. 
Yeah. I want them to be the advisor for their clients. I want them to be the first call. That's like our, one of our core things is I want them to call you first. Like, even if it's like about a haircut, like (laughs) that's the level of confidence that I want your clients to have in your opinion. So that takes a lot of skilling, skilling up and knowledge sharing and really working together as a team where we're all helping each other grow as professionals. Yeah. And then, and it sounds like too, the, one of the biggest things is being able to evolve and innovate, right? So evolving as the time and the trends come into play and thinking with an innovative thought, right? Like how can I, like you said, meet the clients where they're going to be in three years from now, like looking to the future and not just sticking with exactly where we are now, but projecting where the growth is going to be. And I think that's going to put any business like 10 steps, 10 steps ahead of any of their competition because they're thinking ahead for their clients and they're evolving over time with the new things that come on or introduced or however things grow in this economy and this crazy world that we're in. <laughs> exactly. One of the big things that I think that in- employers need to really think about now is technology and how they use technology and not saying like you need more technology. Technology is making work very difficult, <laughs> especially if you're in professional services. The amount of technology that we have to work with on a day-to-day basis is only increasing. And When we think about a distributed workforce or a synchronous work where a person's working from home, companies have to really think about how that person feels at work. Mm. That's going to be very important. How does it feel when your only interaction with the company is technology, which is fine? It can be a great experience or it can be a frustrating experience. So technology actually becomes part of your culture at that point, right? Like demonstrating that you care about how work feels to your employees. And I think this is going to be companies that can actually get that right are going to dominate their industries. I think it's going to be one of the most important drivers of success and, and employee retention. Yeah. And there's different ways of utilizing the technology to still have an emotional connection, like, like with virtual, right? My, my team that I work with is all remote. We work in separate States. And so for us, we hardly ever see each other in person, but we still have a huge connection and a bond because of the technology that we utilize to communicate daily, to communicate face-to-face with Zoom. And so it's still, an, the possibilities are still there to utilize technology to still have an emotional connection, but you have to be aware of how you use it and the feelings that people have from the technology that they're using. So as a leader, it's important exactly. to make sure that you are aware and utilizing it in the right ways. Same thing when they're in, same thing when you're in the office, it's almost like we never really thought about it that much, but like, are, is work harder than it needs to be? Does, is it like impossibly difficult? And, and I think really understanding how, I know it sounds kind of crazy, but like, how does it feel to actually do the work that you're asking people to do? Is it so <laughs> frustrating that they're like pulling their hair out at, at home? Is it hard to share information? Is it hard to communicate, update? These little friction points really 
exhaust people. And, you know, Gartner and Deloitte came out with a joint report recently that said 40% of knowledge workers' time is spent on work about work. Oh my gosh. Like a meeting about a meeting, right? (laughs) Exactly. Like status updates, like tracking your own productivity. This is, it really is, and it's not just an employee thing, this is, we're talking about the bottom line here. We're talking about a lot of capacity being eaten up by wasted contact switching and having a hard time accessing information they need to do their work. I mean, this is, if you can shore that up, it's, it could be, that could be one of your number one growth opportunities. Yeah. So yeah. If you can solve that problem, you'll maximize your profit. And you'll have really engaged and much happier employees. Yes. So let's shift gears and talk a little bit about female leaders and your role in mentoring the female leaders in your day-to-day and what your goals are in that realm. Well, I'm a huge champion of women in the workplace and women leaders. I write about it a lot and I've seen, and also in, in institutional funding for founders and innovation led by, by female founders, 42% of businesses are owned by women Mm. in the United States. Like that's just a remarkable number, right? Awesome. I didn't know it was that high. (laughs) I know it's really remarkable. So I think, think about it a lot. I really am concerned about women that left the workforce during COVID and the kind of, the, the, a lot of the conflicting priorities that women face every single day and how we can alleviate that. And I feel like innovation, new innov- innovative business models need to be developed. Things like job sharing. I think mm-hmm. that's, a very future focused idea. Working with consultants is a way of, it's a way of kind of using or accessing this incredible high skilled talent for a small business. So working with consultants, a lot of knowledge work, a lot of women that are can't are coming in back into the workforce full time. They've started consulting businesses. That's a fantastic way for a small and mid-sized business to actually get very high level like marketing consultants. Like there's areas in your business that would be deeply impacted by having a industry veteran on your team working alongside you as a consultant. Yeah. And I also think that creating like part-time roles that are not reduced, not seen as reduced in their leadership impact is a mindset change that I would like to see more of. There's so many women that have incredible degrees and experience that that they can bring. And I happen to think nine to five is one of the biggest obstacles of (laughs) women in the workplace. It's like, and I think it'll be the biggest obstacle for most employers finding, finding the right people for the right jobs. Yeah. Yeah, So I think women, every business owner has a choice on how they approach every single decision in their business. There's multiple choices. It's like, we like to talk to our founders and CEOs about strategizing for outcome. We look for the outcome, articulate the outcome, get everybody around the outcome because 
as we know, you need to be flexible in how you're going to get there. You can set plan A and it might not work. So your team will actually, if they understand what the outcome is, they will come up with plan B. People are able to pivot to the next best thing to get you to where you need to go. These decisions, if you say, I want to have a more balanced workforce in my company, I want to get to 50 50, 50% women, or I want, there's a division in my company that's not balanced. These are decisions that owners can make and they can actually create operational procedures around that to make sure that they happen. And I would like to see some business models evolving to accelerate those types of changes in the workforce. Yeah, I totally agree. I think if you give people the space to level up into those roles and those positions that everybody's going to be better in the long run. It's going to just our world and our companies and our children are going to be impacted by everything that we're doing currently and being able to level up and get females into these roles and have leaders see the value in different styles of work, right? Remote or flexible work or co-working or however you want to do it. It's all going to evolve over time. And it goes back to core values and foundation and evolving and being innovative and really looking to the future for how we're going to grow and succeed in this business and entrepreneurial space. It's a decision. I remember the first time, this is going back a long time, but I remember the first time my one of my employees was announced she was pregnant and I was like, oh my gosh, maternity leave. I have to, we have to plan this. And in this is before like paid family leave and really thinking about it, I'm like, I don't want this to be a hardship. Fundamentally, I didn't want to have a company that couldn't have maternity leave. Like, yeah. I was like, I can't run a company. I know it's not going to be, it's going to be hard because, you know, we were, we was a small company at the time, but I had to find a way to do it. And these are decisions that can be made. There's lots of choices there, but it's really does go back to core avail. It's like, what kind of a company do you want to be? And how do you want to show up for your team? And being a working mom myself, again, I'm fine with people running in the office, going to plays and performances and stuff, because I know what it's like. I know they're going to, they're still going to be great at their jobs. And, but you just don't want to, you don't want to miss that stuff. And it's not at the end of the day. I know because I'm a mom, it's not, this is not a big problem. Like didn't have to choose. Right. Yeah. 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 And I know it's different depending on what kind of job you have and all of that. But again, I feel like This is where creativity really, really comes in handy. (laughs) Making it all come together. (laughs) Exactly. Well, Jean, it's been awesome talking to you. And I feel like we could just go on for days and talk about all this stuff. But I I just wanted to give you the opportunity. If somebody wants to learn more about how your company can help them, where can they go and where would you direct them? Well, they can look. Our website is creativebusinessinc.com. Dot com and uh, sign up for our uh, fantastic newsletter. It's super popular. And that's called The Sum of It. You can sign up right on the website and uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. And I'd love to talk to, I'd love to talk to any entrepreneur. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And let's go out there and make a difference in our business and make it a great day, guys.
Thanks, Tori. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Visionaries podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, or share with a friend. Also, make sure to visit us online at creativevisionariespodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And stay tuned for more episodes to come. And remember, it's time to tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary.